Welcome to Failing Forward. Today we are talking with Holly uh, and her reflection on CARE's pursuit to implement our cash and voucher assistance strategy over the past three years. Holly, did you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Thank you, Colleen. So uh, yes, I'm Holly Radice, and I have for the past a little over three years had the pleasure and the honor to serve as the global cash and markets technical advisor at CARE. Um, and within that role, um, I I stepped into something where we were just defining our strategic intent. So it was like stars aligning. Uh, and within that, we were able to, you know, go ahead and, and, and try to see if we could do what we wanted to do. And I had a little bit of a leg up because I had been a consultant with CARE um, prior to that. Um, and so I had, I had a little bit of a window into it. Awesome. And, you know, what brings you here today? Why do you think it's important to, to talk about failure? Well, um, I am actually leaving my post in a couple of days, and I've been reflecting a lot on the achievements that our team has made. I've had the, the pleasure to lead a, a team of two, and now a third who has joined just as I'm going. Um, and we've been doing a learning review over the past few months, which looked at different elements of how far we've actually contributed to our strategy. And you know, we can see that there's some areas where we really have seen um, advances against what we had wanted to and other places where we need to invest a little bit more. And so I think it's a great time for us to, re to, to take a look, take stock and see where do we need to have uh, more investments as care moving ahead. Great. Well, I mean, I, I know I'm not the first to say, but you certainly will be missed. Um, but we're very fortunate to have this time to, to catch your reflections and learnings um, as you look back over your time with CARE for the past few years. Did you want to expand a little bit on um, the context of the failure and, you know, the, the learnings that you've seen in this process you've been going through? Absolutely. So in uh, the late 2018, we defined our strategic intent to be the go-to organization for cash and voucher assistance and humanitarian and development context. And we set out to do that, uh, first of all, needing to be able to define what we meant by gender sensitive cash and voucher assistance or what we meant to be by the go-to organization. Um, and that landed us on to be able to do some research, which led to our definition. And we really understood that what we were looking at was we were, uh, were processes that met the needs of different, uh, of different gender groups and also outcomes in particular that were focusing on the needs uh, that were not, not are necessarily covered by the humanitarian system. And generally, unfortunately, those are needs that are uh, for women and girls. And so we also wanted to take the role to be able to be a convener in this space to get other organizations, peer organizations, uh, local organizations, donors interested in the topic and make sure that they had access to information, preferably in their language, uh, that they felt comfortable with so that they could apply this in their learning as well. So we, um, as I had mentioned before, we, had, we had, uh, had this idea to be able to do a learning review, which had three parts to it. One was a replication of the original research that we did in 2019, which, uh, def which brought us the definition of gender-sensitive cash and voucher assistance. So there were uh, four countries of presence, one of them we had been in before, uh, and so three totally new ones. And then we also were looking at other learning that we had done to see, you know, how, trying to compare against what we had set as our indicators. And then a third aspect was to look at uh, engage with the community of practice, community of practices, I should say, so cash, protection, uh, other sector, humanitarian specialists, development specialists, to see what was their feedback. So in the, over the past month or so, we've been looking at what those findings are. And 
and I, do, I know this is about failure, Colleen, but I do want to talk a little bit about success. So we have, as CARE, come quite far. We can see that uh, both internally and externally, people are accessing our information, and that's making a real difference in their work. Um, people that have a, that's in the survey that I had mentioned, 94% um, of the people who had attended those learning said that they have been, that they're applying some learning from those events. For those that are using the tools and guidance, um, a significant portion of them have said that um, the guidelines and tools significantly changed their, and uh, how they're understanding gender and cash and voucher assistance, almost 90%. Um, and so these are really important and encouraging findings for us. But what we have found is that um, there are two critical elements where we may have underinvested, even though we put a lot of uh, blood, sweat, and tears into the process. Um, and the most important, I think, for me is on how we understand what our participants are saying about our processes. Um, are we really delivering um, cash and voucher assistance, and any other wraparound services in a way that is gender sensitive, meeting what our definition is and also their definition. And with that also is uh, understanding how much we can actually fit into the humanitarian architecture, uh, a place where gender is, is important, but it often is an orphan in the conversations that we're having. And so we, um, in our, in that particular research that I mentioned, we found that uh, in general for the processes, we were doing quite good. Most of the participants had felt that we, uh, you know, we were meeting uh, our own targets, not in their words, but as we understood to be our targets. Um, but a really important aspect for me is that um, we want to be able to involve the um, crisis-affected communities, men, women, boys, girls, non-binary people, into the process and of design, which is a critical time when we're thinking about actions with cash and voucher assistance. However, it is quite a big a, a challenge for us to be able to explain to, to them why we have taken certain design elements, um, because in particular in care, we're working in large uh, responses, cash at scale in urban areas. And the people that we may have consulted for our needs assessments might not be the same people that we talk to um, uh, that actually are getting our, our support. Um, in care, we have traditionally worked uh, in a lot of rural areas. We also know that in humanitarian response that it's tending to shift more towards protracted crisis, uh, urban areas, and so, our way of thinking has to be slightly different um, and that we need to find a way to still to have good assessments, which really look at the, at the different needs of gender groups uh, and, and making sure that a market-based approach is feasible and appropriate, understanding what the challenges are for these different groups. And at the same time, understanding how can we feed back the information in terms of why we have chosen uh, you know, transfer values, deliver why we have chosen delivery mechanisms, what type of uh, relationship we're going to have, but sometimes with communities that are mobile, uh, communities that are, you know, are, are transient, uh, but so that they understand that we um, both are, hear them and that we're listening to them and adapting our programming as a result. Um, and I guess the, the other part that it mentioned was how do we see uh, in, within the humanitarian system 
um, the opportunity to be able to advocate for a more gendered approach to a, a gender sensitive approach uh, to any type of action with cash and voucher assistance. So what we talk about is um, how we're doing our business, um, what is the experience of the different types of participants that we have, uh, and, and, and also what is being considered uh, to be covered by cash and voucher assistance. We in CARE have taken a, a, a pretty strong stance in trying to make sure that, that cash and voucher assistance can be used for sexual reproductive health outcomes. Um, and this is something that is not often considered in uh, what we would call the minimum expenditure basket, which is the basis of how most cash transfers are decided at response level. Um, and so we're working a little bit outside of the system uh, for outcomes that are critical, uh, and particularly, I mean, they're critical for everyone, <laughs> but really critical for women uh, and for girls. And so um, we have a lot of work to do in terms of who are the different people that we're influencing to make sure that um, these aspects become more of a reality. Awesome. Well, thanks, Holly, first for, for sharing some of the successes to start off. You know, that is part of the cycle of learning and really applaud um, those 90th percentile uh, learning and feedback that, that you saw. That's really great. Um, and so with these challenges, you know, I think you're in a bit of a unique positioning kind of transitioning out, but what do you see as kind of you know, the best way to take that learning um, and, and moving that forward? Well, it, it gives, you know, not just me, but I, I do leave a legacy of an excellent team to be able to reflect and pause. And, I, and one of the really positive things is I think that we have made cash and voucher assistance more of the DNA in a wider group. Uh, within the CARE Confederation. So we had traditionally worked very strongly in using these modalities for in um, food security and livelihoods. Um, and now we're seeing, you know, more engagement from you know, our health colleagues, uh, you know, WASH, from Shelter, um, and seeing how can we use it across the board, uh, you know, connected to what our larger strategy is with CARE. Um, uh, this information that we have, it's really, I would say, over the next few, well, it's over the next year and the next few years, and to see how can we continue to make um, investments in a way that is going to really resonate with our colleagues in the field? Um, one of my observations in being a technical advisor is that we have to remember that we're always working at um, different levels of experience and different skill sets. And so, you know, we as a sector, uh, humanitarian sector, are a very transient one. Uh, you know, people come and go, they move around, they, you know, they move from response to response with great experience. Um, but we also have to kind of change the patterns of behavior and how they're doing things. Um, and so what I'm hoping is that we can do in care is to really keep that front and center and have an offering for different levels of understanding. We have some colleagues in the field who, you know, can take this and run with it and do an excellent job. Uh, and there are others that we will, will need to start from zero because they, they really don't know. They don't know about cash. They don't know about gender sensitive cash. Uh, and so we need to have that offering for them. And I think the other thing that uh, we have uh, that I can reflect upon is that um, even though we, we created, we had research, the, iter the next iteration was to be able to have guidelines. We were a little bit at a loss to measure this, and uh, we want to have one indicator in CARE that talks about gender-sensitive cash and voucher assistance. But there are so many elements that um, that, that that make this up, um, and so it became clear to us that we needed to be able to find out. Well, what is the kind of like if we were going to take our guidelines and um, 
narrow it down, what would it be? And so we tried that in the research and we have a, a working tool. And so um, one of the things that, uh, that the team will be taking ahead is trying to refine that further and bring that as part of our um, training offering within the teams so that they can, they can really have a north and understand when we're talking about this, what do we mean? Um, and I think that that will speak to people at, at any type of level and help um, at whatever phase they're at in, uh, in project cycle management. And no, so you mentioned, um, you know, the transient nature of, of the people in the work and also that idea of behavior change, right? So if you had the opportunity to kind of do this all over again, or if you were presented with almost the same situation in the future, what is something that you would do differently uh, upon this learning review? I think that I would have liked to have um, involved more of the people that we have uh, trained. So internally in care and an external to care, I, I don't even know the number because we do it every year, but I'd say at least every every fiscal year in care, we're training about 200 people. Um, I would like to know from them what it is, what it is they're applying and what was sort of their aha moment and how can we um, positively infect others as we go along? Um, because what we you know, really want to take this perspective of, um, as, you know, a methodology that came out of uh, Central America in the 70s or 80s when I was in Peace Corps, we used it a lot, which was the farmer to farmer technique. I'm sure you heard of it, Colleen. Um, but, but using it in a way related to cash and voucher assistance so to have that positive deviance within our teams. Um, but, you know, we didn't have a lot of time. Um, and the other aspect is we were only able to look at four of our countries of presence and uh, now uh, care at any one, any given time is, you know, using cash and voucher assistance in over 40, almost 50 contexts. And so we feel like, um, you know, we got we, we had some very motivated um, colleagues in these four contexts, um, but maybe we have some other colleagues that are struggling more. So is it possible for us to be able to uh, you know, expand the pool so we would have a better understanding of where we need to make investments? And the, the other aspect, which I had mentioned early on, was related to the humanitarian system. We were, um, you know, we engaged with colleagues across different uh, peer organizations. Um, but we um, were not able to kind of unpack a little bit more related to some of these structural issues. Um, cash coordination is a major issue in the humanitarian system. Another orphan, hopefully this year, it's going to have a little bit more love and we can um, get a little bit more standardization across the humanitarian system. Uh, but these are a couple of the places where we have, um, we've made investments, um, but we haven't been able to um, see sort of large scale change. Great. And, you know, thinking about all of these, these care colleagues and other partner humanitarian actors around the world that are engaged, right, in these, what did you say, 40-ish different contexts, mm -hmm. um, what is one action that you would recommend uh, based on your experience, kind of like that one, you know, sentence or word of wisdoms that you would offer for them? I would really, I mean, coming from our perspective at CARE is... Um, understand what you mean when you're trying to be gender sensitive in a context of using cash and voucher assistance. So that is really, um, it is an iterative process um, and it has to start with a good uh, needs analysis, which includes markets um, and listening to the, to the people that we're supposed to be serving. So it really does, uh, we, there's a lot of good information out there related to cash and voucher assistance. Many organizations have excellent guidelines, tools, et cetera. Um, 
But what we have been trying to do in CARE is to make sure that we have a gendered perspective and in particular GBV risk mitigation. Um, and so that is, I just really encourage people to um, get beyond their own assumptions that they are doing that because it is it is a challenge um, in every context, but it, it, it really only can enrich the process for people that are already um, facing, uh, you know, very difficult times. And so it's really worth it for us to be able to do it. And then I would also ask people just to be patient with themselves um, that, you know, we're all learning as we go along um, and just remembering who we're serving and that that will always spur us on to be able to do better. Wonderful. I like that. Um, and then last question I have for you, and I think, you know, you've kind of alluded to this a number of times throughout our conversation so far, but how do you think that we can use the lessons from this specific, you know, not necessarily failure, but reflection process and learning to improve impact overall? I, th- I think that um, success and failure go together. They're not, it's not all one thing or the other. We had a very large ambition in care to step into a role um, that uh, we wanted to occupy Um, But neither internally nor externally did people think that we occupied that space. And so in three years, we've come pretty far. But um, there is an important opportunity to always sense check against what uh, what we have set out to do and not stop doing the things that are going well, but also continuing to challenge ourselves to push on leaning a little bit further into the areas where we need to have more investments. Um, and maybe those investments need to be at a smaller scale and we can you know, find through behavioral science, through positive deviance or something else, ways to be able to, um, uh, to reach more people within care and beyond so that we are, uh, you know, we're reaching these objectives. That's perfect. Comes, comes full circle. I like that. Thanks so much, Holly. Um, appreciate your time and, and for sharing with us today. Thanks so much for the space, Colleen. I really appreciate it.